Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back uh, here in the studio in North Palm Beach, Florida. We're uh, telecasting and broadcasting uh, technically all over the world. We certainly hit the whole United States and some Canada, and uh, occasionally we get over the pond. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I say this every week, and I mean it. We enjoy this show maybe more than you do. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Uh, Informal, what happens, happens, live radio. uh, It's exciting. Uh, It gets the adrenaline going, and I I think you get the best of what we have to do here because of the way we look at it. And uh, one of the ways we look at it is that you truly make the show. I say that every week. It's true. Uh, your, your questions, your comments, your emails, your text, uh, it gives us the pulse of really what's going on. I mean, we can read automotive news, the Wall Street Journal, uh, all the newspapers and the, all the... Uh, uh, YouTubes and all the sources of news, but it's really when it comes from your lips and you're coming from all over the United States, you see things, uh, you hear things, and you pass it along to us. Uh, I literally learn something new on this show every week, and every week, that's 20 years. We've been doing this. Nancy Stewart and I started this show about 20 years ago, a half an hour. Now we're up to two hours. I think we started out on Thursdays, and we moved over to Saturdays, went from a half an hour to an hour to two hours. So here we are. And uh, uh, it's absolutely amazing what I learned from you. I learned from Rick Kearney sitting to my right here in the studio. And uh, the, the guy's a technical genius. I mean, I, I know you think I'm just saying that, but I've known him for a long time, uh, over 25 years. And trust me, <laughs> this guy knows everything there is to know, or at least more than what most people know about vehicles. And he used to be cars. I mean, he used to be a grease monkey back in the day. That's what we call people that uh, fix cars. Now, he's a computer scientist. I mean, I'm not, I'm not overstating the case. You really have to be trained in software, diagnosis. Uh, it change, uh, the change is incredible. Uh, used to be a car would come out back in the 50s or 60s or 70s, and the, the car next year, the new model, well, it's not really a new model. They kind of put, we call it new skin. They put some fancy chrome on it. But the cars really in under the hood and inside the car didn't change all that much. Today, it's amazing. If you bought a car five years ago, you have got an obsolete vehicle. I'm sorry to tell you that. Now, it might be a good vehicle. It might run well. And you probably should keep it if you really like it. But be prepared for a big surprise. When you trade that in, you're going to be amazed 
And that's what Rick has to stay on top of, Rick Kearney. So if you have questions about your car, and I guarantee you, you do. I have questions about my car. I'm a car dealer. Uh, if I get in my car, I could, I could write, I probably should make notes of the things I don't know about my car and sit down with Rick or, or, or somebody uh, to help me. I'll tell you one thing, I'm not going to read the owner's manual because it's like uh, Encyclopedia Britannica for you old folks out there, a massive amount of information, and there's no way uh, a buyer new of a new vehicle today can really familiarize himself with everything. So, you got a question? Strange noise? Strange odor? Uh, performance not exactly right? Call Rick, and the way you do that is you call 877 877- 960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Nancy Stewart uh, sitting to my left. Rick, Rick is to my right. Nancy's got a laptop. And Jeremy in the control room, when the call comes through, flashes Nancy. And we prioritize your calls on the telephone. Text, uh, we get to them. But we maybe don't get to them when you text. It might be Five minutes, ten minutes, might be an hour. Sometimes if we really get jammed up, it might be the next week. But we will always get to your text. And uh, the same thing with the anonymous feedback, uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. That's a special channel for folks that have a privacy thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, let's face it, we're, uh, Big Brother is watching us today. I mean, they, uh, I just gave up on privacy a long time ago. I, I, I just... I said it's too hard for me to maintain my privacy. So what you see is what you get. And uh, But uh, if you have a privacy issue, you go to your, Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com, youranonymousfeedback.com. And it comes through our email, and uh, you are guaranteed anonymity. Uh, the company that does that is uh, they have some big blue chip Companies out there, like I think Google and Adobe and big companies, use your anonymous feedback because they like to hear from their employees. And who wants to tell their boss he's a nut? Or who wants to tell uh, his boss that somebody else in the, in the uh, company isn't doing his job right? Or, I mean, there's all sorts of things companies don't hear because of for fear of retaliation. So boot-shaped companies have adopted your anonymous feedback, and I said, hey, why, don't, why shouldn't we do it? I mean, maybe there's some things out there that you'd like to tell us that you don't want to know. Uh, maybe I, you don't want to tell me where you live or who you are. I mean, I'm not going to come and get you. I'm not going to get mad, but you don't know that. So, total an- anonymity, youranonymousfeedback.com. My son, Stu Stewart, is with us, and he monitors your anonymous feedback, uh, he also monitors the text. The text number, by the way, is 772, area code, 772-497-6530. If you, if you have a time to jot it down, or if you can jot it down, please jot it down. 772-497-6530 or the telephone. And I keep glancing over at Nancy because sometimes she'll hit me in the shoulder when the telephone call comes in because I'm yakking. <laughs> but I and stop. So I, what, I hey, stop. Huh? I want to say that uh, don't forget <clears throat> the spy master general. I know you mentioned Stu, but not everyone knows that he is the spy master general. That's right. And we can't go without mentioning behind the scenes the guy that keeps us on the straight and narrow 
no shenanigans, Jonathan. <laughs> and he just keeps things rolling real smooth. At least on my phone, I get a lot of texts from him. And uh, he keeps, as I said, us on the straight and narrow. Before We're, I give the phone uh, mic over to Nancy, she's already taken it once, but I'm going to take it back briefly here. Excuse me? I'm going to give it to you. Uh, but we have a special announcement that we are changing the format of Earl on Cars starting next week. And next week, a lot of you regular listeners know this, we are advocates for doggies. We love dogs. And we are partners with a amazing group called Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Big Dog Ranch Rescue is uh, the CEO, the, the person that runs Big Dog Ranch Rescue, the founder of Big Dog Ranch Rescue, an amazing woman named Lori Simmons. And she has, over the many years, built Big Dog Ranch Rescue into the largest no-kill shelter, one of the largest uh, homes Hosts for doggies that need homes. She takes in dogs that have been abandoned. A dog sometimes have given up because of the financial issues. They can't. Uh, they can't keep them. Uh, dogs that are just found wandering, lost, and she finds homes for thousands and thousands of dogs. She has several locations. Uh, the home is here in the Palm Beach County, and starting next week, we are going to have the dog of the week on Earl and Cars. And uh, we will bring a live doggy into our live show with a live Nancy and Earl and Rick and Jonathan and Stu. So we don't need Rick to do the barking next week. That's right. We don't need. We don't need. Do the bark for the last time. That was the last time. You know, that's so good. That's so good. Maybe I got an idea. Well, maybe we'll have a contest to see if you can tell the difference between Rick and the real dog. There you go. But the, the dog will be here. And we're thinking like nine nine thirty in the show with a representative from Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and we will feature this dog, and we will pay the adoption fees for this dog. Every week we'll have a different dog. We'll have the bio description, and you will be able to consider adopting this dog. Or we also have a foster program, and yeah, Nancy definitely. will explain that yeah, how that works. Have a foster but anyway, program. that is all the excitement. I've been talking too much. Okay. You turn the, the mic that, back a, over to Nancy. That's a chicory. You've been into the chicory. Yeah. I can tell. It's written all over your face. Okay. Uh, folks, we got so much to get to this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, inflation. We're going to talk about car prices, uh, the auto industry, and how it has had an impact on inflation. We'll talk about car insurance. We haven't talked about that since, gosh, Alan was with us and he knew so much about it and he advised us on it. Alan, if you're listening, hi. Uh, most importantly, kind of, uh, everything's important, but ladies, ladies, please call. Last week we had a phenomenal show and uh, we were, it was really, uh, it was really something to hear from all of the ladies, and we even took and paid each one of them $50 because it was almost like a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, situation that happened. We were really surprised and very thankful. $50 for the first two new lady callers. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Also, we have the mystery shopping report that we're going to get to uh, the last half hour of the show, and... Uh, most of all, you make the show, and we learn so much from you. You're an important part of it. Give us a call, 
877-960-9960. Our lines are lit up and have been. We're going to have another busy morning. Text number 772-497-6530. Now we're going to go to Jupiter and talk to Phil. John and Bob, hang on. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Welcome. Uh, I got something I want to talk to Rick about. I was driving to Orlando on the turnpike the other day, and all of a sudden it felt like every car, every tire in my car went flat. So AAA took me out to the nearest Toyota dealer up in Orlando, and it turned out to be the ignition coils need to be replaced. And I have no idea what ignition coils are, but it cost $1,000. So I just wanted to ask Rick, what, what is the purpose of an ignition coil, and why would it go bad? Okay, uh, straightforward. So, uh, first question: What what car are you driving? Two thousand seventeen Prius. Ah, okay. A little early for that one. Wow, six years old only, man. Yeah. Uh, basically, if if you remember on older cars, we had a distributor, and the coil would send a, a big charge of electricity through the distributor that would then go to the spark plug to cause the the burn in each cylinder. Now they've changed it over and each individual spark plug has its own little ignition coil sitting on top of it. And each one of those can be fired individually. So it gives the computer complete control over the spark timing. And eventually those coils will start to break down. Usually it's only one. And if a car is a young car, say if I see a car six, seven years old, eight years old, and one coil has gone bad, I usually recommend replacing just that one. And you're usually looking at somewhere around four to $500 for that one. If, however, it's an older car and one has gone bad, then the others are not far behind it. And I would go ahead and recommend, hey, you know, for the same amount of labor, we'll do all of them at once and you won't have this problem again for a great length of time. And quite often, that seems to be the better issue if you're going to keep that car for a while. So that would then that raises that price up. At six years old, they kind of uh, they probably could have sold you just one at a much cheaper rate, and you'd have been okay. But yeah, basically, what happens when when one of them goes, that particular cylinder is no longer firing, and your car is only running on three cylinders. So that makes the whole car shake and shudder like crazy, and it's because that engine is just not running properly. Oh, okay. Well, that's what it, that's exactly what happened, and it's got sixty-five thousand miles on it. And I never had a car this long, so I'm not used to something like this happening. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to check it out with you and make sure that what, what happened was legitimate, and uh, I wasn't taken to the corners with that thing. So well, all right. We'll they actually did a little bit because they were. They should have, should have really recommended just one. 65000 on a six-year-old car, that's an anomaly of just one coil. I would have done just one and said, this is the more financially stable option, and let's see what happens from here. Yeah, well, I couldn't get to you guys. They made me go to one up the, up the closest one. It was up in Orlando, so that's probably <laughs> yeah. that was my Okay, well, good. I just wanted to check on and find out. It, it's, it, so it's not something specifically that happens to a Prius. It could happen to any car? No, uh, any any car. Every okay. car. Ford, uh, Chevy, okay. Chrysler, John, uh, Hyundai, Honda, they're all going to have that issue 
someday those coils are going to wear out. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I just wanted to get it checked out and see what you had to say about it. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Our thanks pleasure. so much, Phil. Um, as uh, our audience has heard this morning, you can hear that, uh, let, let, you know, Phil's, uh, in, you know, he, his thoughts were confirmed uh, by Rick. And it's a win-win situation. You can give us a call and you can get, uh, you know, answers to your questions or you can share something with us that informs us a little bit better. Uh, our number is 877-960-9960. As I said, you do make the show. Let We're going to go in. to let John. Me let me jump in here just for a second. The, the, I think the, the moral, the message to this call from Phil and, and with Rick's answer is a lot of people don't know that just about everybody in a car dealership is commissioned. And commission means you make your money by a percent of what the customer spends. So from the person you meet in the service drive when you pull into a car dealership or an independent mechanic, he's a service salesperson. Uh, he'll call himself an advisor, but he's commissioned. So he gets a certain percentage of what you buy. The tendency there, as you know, human nature, is to recommend a higher purchase than a lower purchase. So you need to arm yourself before you go in for a car repair, because most of us don't understand the intricacies of cars, especially today. So if you, call, if you can't call Rick Kearney on this show, you can Google it, and Rick will recommend that you go to chat rooms if you have a Nissan or a Ford. Uh, you, can, there's a, you can Google it. Uh, put in this, as many specifics as you can. You can go to Google, get the year, make, model of the car, the symptom that you see, and you will be surprised at the number of people that have the same problem. And some of them got it fixed okay, and they'll tell you what they did. Some people say they didn't get it fixed. They'll tell you why. I mean, you can educate. So when you go in to the technician of your choice, the dealership, the independent mechanic of your choice, at least you've got some preliminary knowledge and when they over recommend a repair in this case here with phil uh, rick said that the recommendation was more than should have been done to the car at that point in time therefore you spent more money than you had to back to nancy good explanation <clears throat> again our number is 877-960-9960 you can text us at 772-497-6530 don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And do you want to find out whether uh, a Florida car dealer is breaking the law? You can do that, and you can go to www.floridaprotectingcarbuyers.com. That's floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. It's a big help. Earl wrote a column and uh, a blog and you can check that out and uh, go into the uh, archives and and go to earl on cars our caller is still holding john from palm city thank you so much john for holding good morning i want to share the good news that happened yesterday ford and tesla signed a deal where ford cars can use all the charging tesla stations in north america i think it's a wonderful news I think that's the beginning, in my opinion, that the Tesla charging stations will be the standards of the entire industry. Yeah, definitely. How to share this good news. This Did you? Were signed you? yesterday, and it caused the uh, stock of Ford to go up 5%, and it caused the uh, Tesla stock to go up 6%. Were you this watching Squawk Box yesterday? 
when uh, no. Becky uh, when Becky was uh, interviewing uh, Jim Farley. What were you were you watching that? No, I didn't see that, but yeah. I saw this in the morning newspaper today. Yeah. It's great news. It is. It's fabulous, I think, and uh, it's just the beginning. Like I say, I think these Tesla charging stations will be the entire standard of this industry. Yeah. But I want to on the on negative end while we're on it too. We need more of the electric battery plants in the United States. A big $7 billion plant, uh, Canada outbid the United States for that plant. It's in Ottawa, Canada. Uh, Canada is contributing $1 billion toward that plant. And uh, we have one already that was proposed, well, it's being built in central Michigan. That's a factory for batteries. But unfortunately... Most of that ownership of that plant is the Chinese company. So I think we got to get more on the ball. It's here, it's now with the electric cars, and the batteries for them is most important. So I just want to mention that to allow Canada to outbid the United States for a $7 billion plant, somebody is doing something wrong somewhere. Oh, isn't that the truth? But this Tesla news with Ford... Is incidentally, talking about the business channel, last week, not last week, the week before, they interviewed a Ford dealer in New Jersey. I think it was Secaucus, I'm not sure, Secaucus, and he owned six dealerships, but only one Ford dealerships. And he was on the business channel, and he didn't give the reason, but he outright said that he was losing money on every electric car, that he, Ford electric car that he was selling, but he didn't give the reason. You know, they all say, don't believe everything yeah. you hear on the news, but it so sounds impossible that any dealer could say that he's losing money on any new car. I don't believe that. Uh, John, John, one of the reasons that Nancy asked you if you've seen that CNBC interview, it was, it, I thought it was very human and, and interesting with Jim Farley. Uh, uh, Nancy and Stu and I know Jim Farley. He used to be with Toyota years ago. Now he's CEO of Ford. He's a great guy, extremely smart. And uh, he introduced, in fact, the uh, Toyota Scion, which uh, failed. It wasn't Jim Farley's fault. It was, uh, it was the... Uh, it uh, was a toilet dealers. <laughs> it was a the glasses were too rosy. Yeah, I think it was before its time. Yeah, exactly. They got up. They they had the right idea at the wrong time. Yeah. But uh, Jim Farley in the interview, uh, the interview person asked Jim Farley, uh, "What why what made you think? Why did you decide you need to uh, consider taking Tesla?" Uh, calling Elon Musk and and uh, striking a deal to be able to charge Fords on Tesla chargers. He says, "Well." He said, I was on vacation with my wife and my daughter, the young daughter, and my young daughter said, Daddy, why do we have to stop in these alley areas behind buildings with these uh, nasty chargers uh, that sometimes they don't work? And uh, it's, it's, uh, why, why can't we go? I see these nice chargers in, in the gas stations. She was referring to the national network. <laughs> of Tesla chargers, and they're strategically located. They're all over the place. They're clean, they're fast, uh, they are, uh, this, they, they work, they're, they're maintained properly, and the chargers that the, the other manufacturers are using are kind of out of the way, and uh, where they might be, so you, you don't know where they are, and if you find one, 
there's about a 25% chance it doesn't work. So I, I, that's kind of a human thing for a, a man to say about his, why he made a huge decision like that. Rick? Uh, Donovan chimed in here says, it's not so much the charging station, it's the handle itself, and anyone can use Tesla's NACS handle if they have that design. If one more larger OEM makes the switch, the Tesla connector will become the standard. Mm -hmm. And he says, for the caller, there are 27 EV battery factories under construction in the U.S. Yeah. right now. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, it's uh, another thing that Jim Farley said that, that impressed me on the interview was, why would you go to your competition, your, the huge competition in EVs, Tesla, the 800-pound gorilla, and admit that you didn't have enough chargers and then strike a deal where you could use the, tri the chargers? And Jim Farley says, he says, yeah, it's a little bit like Eaton Crow that you have to admit Tesla got off the uh, starting block a lot faster than everybody else and is building a great product. But I have to think about my customers. I can't be too proud to admit that Tesla has a better charger, more strategically located, and easier to use. And so I struck a deal. And in that deal, he's going to allow Tesla, you'll be able to charge your, you'll be able to get the charge going directly to your card to Ford. And he's, he's going to maintain Ford identity. Elon Musk made that deal because uh, Jim Farley asked him. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And a great call by yeah. John from Bomb City. Great, 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 uh, great question. Just remember one thing. Ford was the leader of the automobile industry with the Model T, just like Tesla's yeah. the leader in the electric cars. Yeah. Thank you, John. I really appreciate your call. Okay, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you, John. Uh, we're going to go to Bob, uh, who is giving us a call from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Welcome. Hey, Bob, you there? Bob from Lake Park. Hello, Bob. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Welcome First to the show. Question. Thank you. Is the boot off? The boot the is boot, off. The boot's off, and I drove uh, to the studio for the first time last week. Uh, I did not, and now I am driving a car, and I'm hobbling a little bit, but no more boot. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Good news. I heard you use the term last week, haven't heard in a long time, uh, uh, flim flam. Where'd you get that one? That's a depression era term, flim flam. <laughs> yeah, floor plan is a, 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 a car, car guy term. It's financing, and uh, when... Car dealers, stock inventories, especially pre-COVID, a typical car dealer would have 60 to 90 days supply. That means if they sold 100 cars a month, they typically uh, have uh, you know, 200 to 300 cars in inventory. Well, that's a lot of inventory, millions of dollars. Most car dealers don't have the liquidity, the cash available, so they have to borrow it, and that's called a floor plan. Typically, they borrow it from a captive um, lender and by that, it means owned by the manufacturer. So a Ford dealer would go to Ford Motor Credit. Uh, a Chevrolet dealer would go to General Motors uh, Acceptance Corporation, or Ally now. And uh, they uh, typically will give them better interest rates than if they go directly to a bank. But uh, the floor plan costs the interest 
up until, as I say now, this weird uh, situation with COVID and, and microchip shortages where the inventories are extremely low, uh, back in the normal times, which may or may not come back, uh, a car dealer would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest a month. And uh, back in the 70s, when the interest rates went up to 20%, uh, I can remember I was a Pontiac dealer back then, and uh, I can remember the pain of having to write those checks out for hundreds of thousands of dollars every month uh, just to have my Pontiacs on the ground. Uh, that uh, doesn't happen so much anymore, but that was the case then. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I, Bob, I have a question for you. Did did yes, you so. did you say, this is Nancy, did you say floor plan or did you no. say flim flam? That's I said flim flam. Oh, well, you should have stopped me, but at least it was important. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> See, this is where Jonathan fits into the show. Sometimes a floor plan can be I, a flim flam. I, I know. I learned something anyway. I learned something anyway about floor plan. Yeah, plans. definitely. <laughs> Whether you liked it or not, I was going to explain it to you. Right, got it. I saw a, I saw a couple of advertisements on TV. I saw one from uh, uh, Dodge, uh, which I hadn't seen. This uh, it was a manufacturer's ad. And they said they were going to sell the Dodge Ram 1500 at 10% below MSRP. Normally, they don't use a percentage, and it's usually not off the sticker. I thought that was different. And then I saw Toyota of Vero Beach. I think they own a Kia dealership also. Uh They had an an advertisement where they say they will pay you base MSRP on your car and sell you their car at MSRP. No add-ons, no fees. Well, here's another term you might not have heard: BS. <laughs> that's uh, that's okay. that's what that is. Uh, okay. Now the 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 MSRP, the manufacturer suggested retail price, especially in the past three years, has become um, kind of a benchmark, and we have advised people on this show: be sure you know the real MSRP, not the phony Monroney, the addendum labels, and the hidden fees, you should be comparing MSRP. Now, that has been more so in the past three years than ever before. Now, as we exit this uh, pandemic and exit the low supply, uh, high demand, uh, we're getting more and more cars on the ground. Now, what we're seeing is the emergence of incentives. Now, there's two types of incentives. The incentive paid by the manufacturer directly to the dealer, that's secret. You know, nobody knows about that except the manufacturer or the dealer. If Toyota has a dealer incentive, they tell me, and, and, and they know it, but the customers don't know about it, and we don't tell the customers. There's a customer incentive, which they advertise somewhat, and you can always find that customer incentive on the manufacturer's website. So... Right. Uh, the, the true cost of a car used to be uh, a given percent below MSRP. That's when supply was tight. Now that supply is getting less so, then the true cost of the car has to factor in the incentives to the dealer and the incentives to the customer. So it's, the MSRP becomes far less of an accurate benchmark. And when the customer starts flouting that, as they did in your case, and they said, uh, it will give you base MSRP on your car, and, uh, and base what MSRP is less almost everything, accessories and, and freight and all the other, and, and we'll give you 
sell you the car at real MSRP, that real MSRP they're going to sell it for doesn't count the $2,000 that Ford's going to give them uh, secretly as a dealer cash, dealer rebate, or the $2,000 maybe they're also giving the customers directly, but you don't know about it because you didn't see the advertisement and maybe you didn't check the website. So there's $4,000 floating around that you don't know about and that the dealer can keep in pocket and say, hey, look, I'm giving you, uh, I'm selling you this car at base MSRP, or I'm selling the car $1,000 below <laughs> base MSRP. So, uh, well, they, they said that they were going to offer me, or anyone that came in there on their trade-in, base MSRP. Where would they get that number from? On well, the base MSRP on your on trade-in? trade-in? Yeah, that's on the trade-in. Yeah, they, they get that from their uh, Kelly Blue Book or from oh. from uh, oh. Cars.com. That information is available to you, but it's it's usually uh, depending on the car, it could be a thousand, two thousand. A lot of books. Yeah. How many books are there? There's all, there's a black book, there's a yeah, yellow but, book, there's a blue book. Yeah. The book, all those books and all and all that that's all obsolete now. If you want to oh. get the, the the closest thing to a book value, uh, it first, it, it's called V Auto, and the manufacturer or the uh, dealers have this information. You can get it only through a dealer, but you can get it. And uh, V Auto is a very accurate uh, uh, day by day uh, uh, value of used cars and what new cars sell for and what uh, used cars sell for. A great source of data. Right. Okay. One other hey. thing before I go. Uh, I, I was flabbergasted last week when you and Rick uh, told somebody that if their car required premium fuel, that they could put a lower grade in there. And I have to agree with the Roadrunner. Beep, beep. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if, the, if the book says uh, you have to use a certain grade fuel, I, that's what you should use. And if you're not sure, it may, <clears throat> you, should, you should have that information before you buy the car. <clears throat> Absolutely. You should, you know. Yeah, but you're right about that. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. It's great hearing from you. Uh, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Remember, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, we're going to go to Cooper City, and uh, that is where Stacy has been waiting patiently, and she is a first-time caller. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. How are you? We're great, thank you. Thank you for calling. You won yourself $50 this morning. Thank you for oh, supporting... Awesome. The platform here for the ladies thank you um we've been listening to your show um recently the last couple of weeks and find it very interesting and we have a 2014 f-150 and there is a i had a question there's a ticking noise it drives me crazy it doesn't seem to bother my husband but it drives me crazy there's a ticking noise coming from the dashboard hmm Okay. Have you heard of this before? Or? I think this is uh, this is Rick's uh, department. What do you think, Rick? Um, turn the radio up. <laughs> I'm driving a 2013 Tacoma. When I go over bumps, I've got a little ticking, rattling noise in under my dash. And I honestly, it started when I first drove the pickup brand new. I thought about it, and I decided I wasn't going to tear my dashboard apart, even under warranty, which I would have been be getting paid to fix my own vehicle. But right. sometimes when you've got a little noise in a dashboard, disassembling the vehicle to try to figure out what that noise is, 
You will literally create more issues than you'll solve. Uh, yeah, uh, if it's something that really makes you crazy, you'd have to basically just go in there with a, a stethoscope almost and just try to narrow down to figure out, is it something loose that's just rattling, something rubbing against something else? Or is it like a relay that's clicking on and off? Uh, without hearing it, it's, it would be impossible to diagnose. But unless it's something that really makes you crazy, trust me, tearing a dashboard apart, uh, you'll build more noises back into it, trying well, to get Rick it back is, together. What Rick is telling you is that if you do decide to get it fixed, you need to put a limit on what you would pay. You need to get an estimate of what the diagnostic charge is going to be because it's a time-consuming thing. And Rick gets paid by the hour. Technicians are paid by the hour. And they have to get paid for all their time. Sometimes it takes them longer to find the problem than to fix the problem. So uh, be sure you get on paper an estimate of the absolute most they will charge you. Otherwise, you're going to end up paying way more than you thought. And, right. and and Stacy, uh, this is Nancy Stewart. Uh, I just want to let you know that uh, we have enough out there to drive the ladies crazy. So for you to <laughs> be listening to a noise in your vehicle, um, you can ask girl, what would I do? I'd keep on looking until I found out where the noise was coming from and why, whether it meant that I would drive on uh, two or three different roads. Uh, there's a number of things that you know that you can do, and, and you can also uh, record that noise if you want to. And if you know somebody, uh, you can go to them and say, hey, listen, this is the noise the dash makes whenever I'm on a bumpy road. This is the noise that, that, that I hear. It's even louder when I'm on a dirt road. There's just a number of things that you could do, but me, I couldn't drive with that kind of noise in the car because yeah. I have, and I fixed it. Take out your hearing right. aids. If, if right. you do decide to go to well, have, thank you for that have information a, a technician that everybody fix knows. it, uh, ask to drive with the technician. You drive the vehicle and tell them, that's the noise I'm hearing, and make sure that they know exactly what noise you're hearing. So, Because otherwise, they may hear something totally a different. different. Noise, yeah. Spend yeah. hours right. finding that and not even realize that your noise is a different one. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and it's not constant. It does happen when the truck is off. And it does happen while the truck is driving. But like I say, it's not constant. It's yeah, that makes it even more difficult to diagnose. Right. So you're you're looking at a potential. Don't don't be surprised. If you have to pay a lot of money, know it in advance. Don't be surprised. Yeah, and then again, right. you may not have to pay a whole lot of money. It might be something simple. Uh, but uh, it's worth, you know, looking into. Uh, Stacy, um, thank you so much for calling. Uh, thank you for, you know, uh, supporting the platform here for ladies. Uh, y y your voice must be heard, and you called this morning, and uh, it was important that we heard your voice. So spread the word uh, to your family, to your friends, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And if you stay on the line, uh, Jeremy, uh, who's in our control room, would be very happy to get your information, contact information, and he would pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Give us a call back and let us know. Uh, well, with all the choices we gave you and all the choices you have already taken advantage of, uh, that uh, you could let us know what you decided. Okay, uh, we are going, boy, are we busy this morning. It's only 8.42. Uh, we're going to go to Bill in Lake Worth. 
Good morning, Bill. Hello, Nancy. Good morning. I uh, wanted to I wanted to uh, chat with Rick. Okay, he's right here and waiting. <laughs> Rick, right here. Yep. Good mo- Good morning. Hey, the first caller with the uh, ignition coils. What's What's the uh, warranty on that? Prius, because I would think the guy said it had barely sixty thousand miles. Yeah, I would think with six years of six less than seventy thousand, wouldn't that be under warranty? Unfortunately, the coil parts themselves, the coil, is an electronic item, and it's three year thirty six thousand. But okay. again, a lot like I said, that one, that one to me, that's an anomaly. We rarely, and I, I do a lot of ignition coils. We rarely see them. At ages of less than eight to ten years, 120,000, 130,000 miles. Let, let me let me jump in here uh, to say this: uh, manufacturers don't always fix things free only under warranty. Uh, they will fix things free uh, when they're out of warranty. You have to know about how to go about it. And uh, right. if you have a car that has an anomaly, and Rick just said this is very unusual in a Prius, first of all, that's a plus on your side. And you go to a service manager at a uh, Toyota dealership, and and you, you explain. If, you, if you're a good customer, that's another thing. If you bought two or three cars from this, uh, or if you bought two or three Toyotas, that's good. Manufacturers like people that bought cars from them before. Uh, they also are very sensitive about cars that have issues that are not common, and it's called goodwill. And there's also a customer loyalty uh, uh, accounting you know, category. But uh, if you're nice and you're persuasive, you can often, oftentimes get something paid for by the manufacturer through the dealer that is out of warranty, sometimes surprisingly far out of warranty. Uh, we had a Toyota the other day, a Toyota Camry, uh, that was years out of paint warranty, and it was taken care of. And, I, and it was a good customer, and the manufa- and our service manager explained that to Toyota, the manufacturer. They say, listen, you know that paint was bad. You had a recall campaign on that. I know the campaign's over, but he's bought three cars from us. He might buy another car. Let's take care of him. So sure enough, they said, okay, we painted the car, and everybody's happy. Sure. No, I understand that. Kia uh, did that uh, with my wife's Santa Fe that she used to have. Uh, it was actually out of warranty, just barely, and needed about $1,200 on the uh, fuel system. And I just wanted them to lower it a little couple hundred dollars, and they actually comped the whole thing for yeah, me, yeah. which you talk about it. You talk about um, building customer goodwill. Yes. You know, um, but um, and, and the previous lady with the ticking and the, and the dash, I, I was thinking it might be her, her uh, uh, blower fan for the AC because I have that. It's an intermittent thing. But then when she said uh, it does it when it when it's when the engine's off or the car isn't running, I don't know. Maybe there's something living in there. Yeah, a mouse. That's but, um, a mouse. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the only other thing I have, Earl, you mentioned to the other fellow some some term I've never heard. BS. What exactly is that, Earl? <laughs> I could probably say it and get away with Bull's it. Bull's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to George Carlin in seven dirty words. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but that's that's all I had. I just wanted to ask Rick, Rick about the uh, warranty yep. business. Uh, but he's got me a little concerned with my car with 130,000 on it, and uh, uh, think, thinking about those going bad on me one day. But anyway, that's all I got. You all have a great weekend. Thank you. Give us a call again. 
Nice hearing from you, Bill. We're going to go to Fred in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Fred. Hi. Hi, Hi Nancy. Welcome. Carol, how are you? We're well, Good. thank you. All right, this is, I think, the third time I've called. I live in Palm Beach Gardens. So you'll remember when I tell you this, that I'm going to be driving probably in the next hour east on North Lake, and there's a big poster of some handsome guy that looks about 50 years old, and he claims he's <laughs> Earl Stewart. Uh-huh. So yeah, I get to me. wave to him every time I go that route. <laughs> so what I called for really two reasons. One is I am a customer service manager for 40 years. We sell office furniture chairs. Oh. I, I happen to have read for the first time, Earl and Nancy, and of course Rick and whoever else is on the show, you're like 10... Uh, things for your people that work there, and I adhere to all of them, and as good as the people are that you have, and I am good at what I do, it all stems from the top. If the owner of the company does not back you up and profess that you do A-grade customer service and bend over backwards, it's never going to work. So I give all the kudos to Earl and Nancy and anybody else at the top of the level, the customer service, I think that is incredible. But the one thing I will say that I learned in business and in life, you don't want to win the battle and lose the war. And a lot of people in customer service, whether it's cars, chairs, medical field, or anything, they take things personally and they want to prove that they're right. And what you said is, I do the same thing. I analyze everything from my customer, and I don't believe the old thing, the customer's always right, but I do agree with what you said, Earl. If there's any part of it that you believe is right or makes common sense, then they're right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the code, that one code is it doesn't make any difference if the customer is right or wrong, but if the customer believes she's right, if the customer believes they're right, uh, and even though they're dead wrong and you turn them down, they tell uh, 10 people about it or 20 people. Those 20 people tell another five or 10 people each. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I, I call it a pebble in the pond. Uh, by the way, my son, Stu Stewart, is a big part of this. He's a general manager at a dealership. And uh, he, uh, uh, he, we have that code posted all over the dealership. And uh, hard, that's the hardest sure, thing for me. But you're wrong me. about something, though. Hmm? You're wrong about something. They don't tell 20 or 30 people. They, they literally tell thousands because they put yeah, it on their yeah. Facebook page and reviews. Yeah. So, well, you got social so, media now. You didn't have it 40 years ago. Yeah, the yeah, other yeah. thing is, and then I'm going to go on to my next question, yeah. is that it's whether it's the car business or my business of office furniture chairs, is it's not easy to get a customer, but it's very easy to lose one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, it costs. Uh, so, there's some stats on that. Uh, how many thousands of dollars it costs to acquire one customer, and it costs nothing to lose one customer. I mean, you you lose them cheap, and you 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 get them very expensively. Right. <laughs> okay, so here's my here's my question that I never asked anybody, and I'm hoping you can answer it. So my wife worked in the car business in New York for about 20 years before different dealerships. So I'm totally familiar with what you say all the time, that there's hardly any money, that's the right word, in selling new cars or leasing cars. So I don't know if you're able to give me, and I don't mean in dollars, but in your dealership, because I guess 
you can't really speak about anybody else's, but I'm sure you've been around long enough to have an idea. What percentage, if you had, if you made a pie, whether it's profits or sales, how much is based on new cars? How much is based on used cars? How much is based on service? How much is based on parts? After market sale, I sometimes scratch my head listening to this and go, where do you guys make the money? Even though I know where you make the money, but I just want to know if there's any real numbers that you can share with people. Yeah, the, the, the numbers uh, apply to the vast majority of the history of the car business, but that, that majority of the history doesn't include the last three years. For the last three years, uh, the big gun, the big profit generator has been new cars. And that's simply because uh, cars are so short supply and the dealers can charge anything they can, uh, they want to, uh, virtually. Uh, and that condition is, is, is mitigated a little bit, but not we're, we're sure not back to normal. Uh, let's say prior to three years ago, most car dealers broke even or lost money in the new car department. And the percentage they made was negative. Um, they, they made their money in the used car department, the service department, uh, the parts department, all the other departments is where they made their money. Uh, a lot of dealerships' goal was to break even in the new car department. Now, there's, there's a, a question about the finance as to you include the finance in the new car department, but even so, the new car department has, was just, you, saw, you know how cell phone, uh, people sell cell phones so they can charge you to use the cell phone. If you want to go to uh, AT&T or want to go to Verizon, they'll give you a cell phone because they're going to charge you for the rest of your life for using that cell phone. Car dealers, look at car dealers prior to three years ago. I'll, I'll, I'll break even or lose a little bit of money on this new car because I know that car is going to come back to me for service, for body repair, for parts. And as I say, the financing has always been quite profitable if they consider that separately. Half That's, of them give you a trade. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, when we return to normal, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think, that, I think the manufacturers and the dealers learn their lesson. I don't think you're ever going to see lower prices like we had prior to three years ago. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think inventories will be lower. Profits will be higher, not as high as they have been. But it will not be unusual for a dealer to make three or $4,000 on a car. And today, uh, they're making even more than that. And prior to three years ago, uh, the gross profit on the car in our dealership was about, what, $1,100, mm-hmm. $1,500 prior to three years ago. And uh, now it's probably three or four times that. So uh, it, it's, it's a good question, but it's, it's very dependent on the time and, and when, when you want to know the answer. Well, I thank you. I love listening to this show. And Nancy... You got to get a billboard with your picture so all the guys could look at you. It's not fair that all the women get to look at Earl. I know. It's a I told, show, a, I told it's Earl a that this world. morning. <laughs> <laughs> you guys Thanks, have Fred. a great day. I'll look you up and we'll work on that together. Give us a call again. Have a great weekend. Marty from West yeah. Palm Beach, uh, our regular caller. Are you there, hey, Marty? Howard. Yes, how are you? Good. Tell me, Marty, please tell me you got your headrest fixed. No. Oh, no. Marty. You no, think you'll it, have to wait 15 months? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm already asking, when can I order a 24? <laughs> Better get on the list. But here's, here's, here's a question that I have. How come Camrys do not come with a memory seat? Whereas I remember in the beginning, for the times I had Avalons, if you bought the higher-end Avalon, you got a memory seat. So I figured they, they didn't put them in a Camry because they wanted you to buy an Avalon. Yeah. But now that there is no Avalon, and as far as crowns, that's probably a 10-year wait to get a crown. Uh, why don't they put a memory seat in a Camry? And I cannot figure it out. It can't be. I, well, I, I think mean, you, just put you, it in. Well, you, I think you already you know you nailed, nailed it already with the fact that it was it's supposed to be a, a walk up to the next level. I don't know if this was part of the planning. You know, the crown was coming out. Um, if they planned that before the inventory uh, situation that we're in, I don't. I don't know if they plan to have such a low supply of these vehicles. Um, but you know, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I guarantee they get a lot of feedback from customers uh, that that would like that. Uh, Rick does uh, uh, dealer product reports. We could always uh, put our two cents in. Well, but. everything everything's yin and yang with the manufacturers. Uh, uh, the positive is that when they add something, it costs more money, they can make more money. But the bad thing is, if they add it, maybe they price themselves out of the market. So, you know, Toyota's got to worry about Honda and Ford and all the competition. Right. And the, the Honda Accord, uh, I don't know if the, if the Honda Accord has a memory seat. I doubt it. I doubt it. So if Toyota added a memory seat to their Camry, the Honda Accord suddenly is priced much lower because the memory it costs money uh, to put that in there. And uh, there you go. So it's complicated. Uh, you know, I, you don't understand it because you love the idea of a memory seat. Some people don't even want a memory seat. If, if, if you're the only driver for your car, you don't need a memory seat. It's set. Yeah, I don't want my car thinking about me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the point I'm making is now I happen to know people that have gone to one car, but the husband and wife yeah. have different positions on the seat. So now every time they get in the car, the other person gets in the car, they got to switch around. Tell me about it. I'm 6'2", and my wife is 5'2". And so right. I, I was almost strangled in the, by the steering wheel right. one time. Yeah, there's a bigger height difference between you guys, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like 6'4", and 5'3". Yeah. Now, <laughs> now that I'm not, uh, well, I'm driving, but I'm not uh, driving all the time, thank God. Uh, but when Earl first got into the Tesla, uh, it had, you know, it was clearly set up for me. <laughs> Well, he got in, and he was uh, strangled. That's how he broke his Achilles tendon. <laughs> so now, I assume, I assume the Tesla has a memory seat. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have a whole driver setting thing. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Okay. They have now, one for Miss Nancy thing, and Mr. Uh, Earl. <laughs> the other thing I think you should tell Toyota, which I found that some people didn't like, in a Honda, when you have the, uh, the, uh, the blind spot monitor go on, and you turn your turning light, and you're going into the lane. Yeah. Obviously, on a Toyota, it blinks in the in the mirror. Yeah. However, on a Honda, you also get a, an audible sound. You should get an audible oh. sound in the Toyota when you, you, don't. If, you if you cross the lane. Crossing the lane, yes. Okay. But not in the blind spot monitor. Oh, okay. So somebody comes up in the in, in there, and it makes a noise too. Yes, huh. and well, I didn't know about even that. though I always look, I don't just wait for a noise or that, but I know some people that didn't buy Toyotas 
because it didn't have the noise. Now, as you get older, I'm just a young 78, but it's easier for an older person to also hear an audible sound. Yeah, that makes sense. So I will pass I were that designing, along too, yeah. So I don't know if uh, they could hire me for quality control. <laughs> but I would make. But the other thing is, like I'm saying, with the Camry, all they got to do is put it in the high-end Camry, the memory seat. They yeah, that makes sense, it. especially if um, if I don't know how complicated it would be to add it at this stage in the game. Um, but you know, it definitely would be a nice feature. I agree because yeah. because right now, unless you go into an SUV, um, you don't have that option. Isn't it funny, uh, Marty, isn't it funny, think back over the years, you know, you never needed anything like a memory seat 20 years ago. In fact, if you go far enough back, you didn't even need anything except a heater and a radio. And now, along came, I I can remember selling a lot of cars without air conditioning and uh, a lot of cars without automatic transmission. It was an accessory. So now, think of all the stuff we got to have. Oh, my car doesn't have a memory seat. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? It's it's like I I get mad if there's not Wi-Fi on an airplane. Yeah. 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 Now, I got to ask Sue. When do you start taking orders for 24s oh, so geez. I can find out if the headrest is going to hit me? Hey, I'll give you a serious answer. You know, there's nothing formal to it. All you got to do is call call Jason Liddy. All right. Yeah, I deal with Jason, so he's, hey, but seriously, he's a very nice guy. You might. If you're, if you're serious, I, I mean, we, I don't know. We know we're going to get some more cars uh, in the, after July. It's going to be better, um, but it won't be normal. So uh, it, it might make sense to be the first one <laughs> for the 24 if that's what you want to do. Yeah, well, I'd like to try it out, uh, but I I got to see one first. I, they're supposed to be a little bit different design, so I don't know if they're if okay. it's going to make any difference. Yeah, that's the key word you want to see it. You know what, Marty? Uh, I was thinking about you the other morning, and uh, you stirred my interest last week whenever you were talking about your uh, headrest. So I decided to take mine apart in my Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I still trying Avalon. to put that thing back together. <laughs> I had Avalon. I've, right, had, right. I've had Camrys in my current Camry, which is a 2020. Uh-huh. No problem. So yeah. I'm still sticking with Toyota, but I don't know if I have to wait 10 more years. Yeah, the good outweighs the, right the bad. Okay. Yep. Hey, Marty. All right, well, have a happy, good Memorial Day. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Good weekend. It's always Bye-bye. nice talking to you. You have a wonderful weekend, too. God bless you and your family. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. And don't forget, I have $50 for the next first new female caller. $50. Give me a call. 877-960-9960. I think we're going to go to Stu. Yeah, I'd like to read um, Emery's text because I missed her last week. Uh, Emery says, good morning. She's got a two-part question. Uh, One, what would you recommend for a teenager's first car if money was no object? And two, what would you recommend for a first car if money is very tight, but the teenager really needs a car? Well, the first thing I did is I went hey, over Stu, to Consumer Reports. Should I, uh, Stu, should I answer that? No. Nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, Nothing. We're, we're assuming that the decision has been made to give a very, very um, deserving teenager with great grades um, their first car. And the first question is money, no object. So I just went to Consumer Reports, and this is my opinion. 
I believe that um, the number one um, consideration when you're getting a, your kid's first car should be safety um, above all. And so I went to Consumer Reports, and they have the safest cars of 2023. And uh, this would be um, a midsize SUV, which would I would think uh, would be a, um, the safest car of the different car types. And the safest midsize SUVs um, of 2023, according to Consumer Reports, is the Hyundai Palisade, the Kia Telluride, the Nissan Pathfinder, the Subaru Ascent, the Toyota Highlander, and the Volkswagen ID4. These are all mid-sized SUVs, probably priced somewhere in that forty to fifty thousand dollar range. And the very safest cars. These are the safest cars that you can get. Great answer. Um, but um, that's if money is no object. Not everybody is going to drop fifty grand on their kid for the first car. Um, what I would, my recommendation in that case is to look for these cars in the used version, but don't go any older than say twenty seventeen. Our 2018 is when we started seeing um, most of these great safety features becoming standard uh, standard equipment. So if you could find a 2018 Kia Telluride or a Toyota Highlander, um, that would be uh, something um, a lot more um, affordable than the brand new ones. Yeah, and and yeah. and what you said is so important. You, you you know you want the safest car. It's a question of what you can afford, and too often uh, we get calls all the time, and. Some people think without thinking, I want a car for my, uh, you know, 16 or 18 or whatever it is year old uh, person in my family, uh, and you think in terms of price only, and uh, you want reliability, but you can't forget about safety. I mean, it's so. Uh, I would prioritize. Uh, I would put the safety over the uh, reliability if it were my child. So that's. Uh, the reason know, I think Stu has a great Stu, answer there. I, I was surprised that the Rav Four wasn't on that list. Um, it, it's on the well. That's a that's in the uh, small SUV um, category. Oh. And so on the but on the small SUV category, it did not make it in this year's um, CR report. Uh, there's a Lexus UX, uh, which is kind of its, its cohort on the um, on the Lexus side. But for small SUVs, which are also very safe too, a Honda CRV. A Honda HRV, which is uh, I think the hybrid one, the Lexus UX, and the Subaru Solterra, and those are those mid-sized, smaller SUVs, which are also very safe as a uh, classic car. But Consumer Reports has identified those models as being the safest. Yeah, and Anne Marie, I was just teasing when I said buy them nothing. Well, I, I, at, at, <laughs> at, at, back in my day, you know, back in the seventies, uh, seventy. Uh, having uh, three daughters, uh, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, with each one of them uh, driving. You Very should, expensive. Excuse me, to drive a brand new bus <laughs> to get a ticket. Um, That's a good idea. Uh, also, uh, Emery sent a High and Lois cartoon, um, which I, maybe, I hope Jonathan can get up on the screen. It's a cartoon that says, uh, had a little picture of his kid talking to his dad, and he says, uh, teenager, he says, we should get a sports car. And then the dad says, you'll be lucky if I let you drive a four-banger rust bucket. <laughs> and then the other one says, uh, his, their friends are talking. He says, what do you think your first car would be? And the kid says, embarrassing. <laughs> so it's okay to embarrass your kids with a nice, safe car. It's, um, we got no problem exactly. with that. Exactly. Are we doing? We got phone calls? Uh, no, we're good. Okay. Um, this is uh, uh, Paul uh, saw an ad on TV for Toyota Kia of Vero Beach. And they're advertising uh, an MSRP for MSRP event. So I'm assuming that means uh, we're going to give you MSRP for your uh, for your trade-in, and you're going to pay MSRP for our new car. 
And so I don't think Jonathan has the pictures up there, but they have these big explosions and MSRP for MSRP. And then a big thing says no hidden fees. Uh, but Paul zoomed in on right below that on the screen below that says uh, plus tax tags documentation fee of eight ninety nine fifty. So, I mean, no they, hidden fees. These dealers are smart. <laughs> I, they, you know, they know that they've been you know for years, for literally years, three years on this show. We're saying if you can buy a car at or near MSRP, you got a good deal. Well, guess what? Things changed. Well. People don't listen to this show, and there's a lot of other things people don't inform themselves about. But over three years, it's been permeated in the consumers' minds. MSRP. If I can buy a car at MSRP, that's a good deal. Yeah. Ain't gonna. If you want to buy, for example, here this is a surprise. Jeep, the Stellantis uh, Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Jeeps are in huge supply. They're one of the, I don't know why. I think maybe it's because they don't have as many microchips, which is probably true. But uh, I was surprised to see what the, uh, the inventories of Jeeps were. And our mystery shopping report this week is, is at a Jeep dealer. And it's very interesting. And that it, it gives, goes right to this point about MSRP. And uh, I'll just, I'll give you a little hint. If you're going to buy a Jeep today, you want to buy it below MSRP. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll done. find out when we read the mystery shopping report. It's being done. Yeah. Um, also got a text uh, from, uh, oh, we got a phone call coming we in? Do, we All do. Right. We have an important phone call from Boca. Okay. And her name is Cal, and she is a first-time caller. Good morning, Cal. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? We're great. Is this Nancy? Yes, this is Nancy. Nancy Stewart. Hi, Nancy. How are you, dear? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for calling. Uh, when we're finished, Cal, don't forget you can stay on the line and talk to Jeremy. Give him your contact information, and he will give it to me, and I'll mail you out that check for $50. I want to thank you for helping me build this platform this morning. What can we thank do you for so you? Much. So I'm interested in buying. I love Beamers, BMWs. So being down in Florida... And with the ocean and with the corrosion, what, what uh, I have a, a question about how do I, how would I maintain the car, the body, the engine, any recommendations with the, what could happen to the finish? Or? Cal, do you have, will you be keeping your car in the garage? Uh, no, it won't be in a, in a garage. It would be in an open space. I see. I'll just hand this call over to Rick. Hi. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Do you live near the ocean or the intercoastal? I am not that close, no. So that is a savings grace in bonus, a way. That bonus I'm points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best thing I can recommend is find a good detailer that you trust and at least two to three times a year, have a really thorough wash and wax. Uh, wash the car often, obviously, but find a, a place that will really do a good thorough wash and wax a couple times a year. Uh, somebody that you trust, you know, check the reviews of that, and even go online with BMW clubs and check out the guys that they recommend and follow their recommendations on it. And the best thing also is I uh, guess someone will do like the the Rain-X, where it's got to be really buffed in properly. 
These okay. things will definitely help keep your car in Rick, clean what shape. About in, what about under the skin? What about the brakes in other areas that succumb to corrosion? What can she do to help that? Uh, washing again <laughs> is the class. best thing for those. But being as she doesn't live right near the salt water, she's in a, she will have to worry too much about that. Washing is going to take care of the brakes? Because it, it washes the salt off, the, the salt... The, that might stick on there and get the corrosion in there. Oh. If you're right near the ocean, yeah, you're, you're going oh, yeah. to get corrosion yeah. anyways. There's yeah. no way about it. And, and depending upon the car wash that you go to, that undercarriage, that really gets... You know that really gets a, a washing. And Kel, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer in Rain-X. I use it, and uh, we do live near the ocean. And um, I, you know, wash off the uh, Tesla and the Avalon, and it uh, makes a a big difference. But following Rick's uh, instructions, I, I think uh, you'll be on the right path. I will. Thank you all so much. Yeah. I appreciate your help. Thank, uh, thank you. Thank you, Kel. And uh, don't forget to spread the word. Yes, I love your show. Thank you, dear. And oh. I'll stay on the Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Um, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to, uh, well, I guess we'll go to uh, uh, Rick. Well, Stu stepped up. I've got one interesting one here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Donovan came in to say that... Uh, the Corolla is no longer number one. The Tesla Model Y has outsold the Corolla hmm. by over 15,000 units in, uh, let's see, in quarter one, 2023. And the Tesla Model Y is now the best-selling automobile in the world of any kind. And if you don't think that really upsets Toyota... <laughs> uh, uh, here, you know, here, here's the, you know, we're, we're a Toyota dealer in full disclosure, okay? And we have been for 47 or 48 years. So we know Toyota. We know all the, all the troops there, the manufacturer, the distributor, and we feel like we're part of the family. Uh, I, we also feel that Toyota has been on and off the largest manufacturer, seller of vehicles in the world. We also think they're one of the best manufacturers. They treat their dealers extremely well. They treat their customers, and this is all relatively speaking, very well. But boy, did they make a mistake with electric vehicles. And uh, you know, you play the blame game. Uh, I don't blame anybody. Akio Toyota was uh, heading things up during a lot of this. Uh, but uh, they just made a huge mistake with electric vehicles. And uh, to lose the number one selling spot mm -hmm. to Tesla uh, has got to be a total embarrassment. But Toyota takes in the, in the long run, and here I am criticizing them. I, they could be right in the long run. I don't know. They're talking about hydrogen-powered fuel cells. They're talking about uh, uh, rebuilding combustion engine cars and converting them into hybrids into electric vehicles. They have a lot of crazy ideas out there, which seem crazy to me now. But right now, they are really in trouble. If you look at their ranking in electric vehicle sales, uh, the, la the last report in Automotive News, they didn't sell any last month. None. Dan, I'll, I'll try to sell that BZ4X, yeah. I, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the showroom. Exactly. Okay, where are we? Where are we? Yeah. 
We are we in are, Palm Beach Gardens uh, on the corner on the of Military <laughs> Trail and North Lake Boulevard. You got a couple of comedians in here. <coughs> uh, I had. Uh, I got another uh, ad we can share. Um, okay. Yeah, Frank texted in um, an ad. We were talking about that a second ago, about uh, especially if you're buying a, a Jeep. This also applies to Ram. Um, you know, you're you're, you're going to be able to find something below MSRP, but. Uh, Frank sees an ad for 10% below MSRP. He refers to it as the as the Ram dealership on North Lake. That's the Napleton dealership on North Lake. <laughs> so they, they got an ad up there. It says 10% um, below MSRP uh, for a new Ram Bighorn, 1500 Bighorn in Laramie. So he called the Ram dealership to confirm the ad's price, and they said that he had to come in to get the price. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the most common violation of... All the laws in the land from the Federal Trade Commission to local laws is when they tell you the selling price of the car. Every week on the Mystery Shopping Report, they say this is the selling price. Well, it, it, the selling price is the price you can buy the car for, right. but you can't buy the car for the selling price. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> why they allow, why, why does the Federal Trade Commission or the attorney generals of the 50 states, why do they allow car dealers to lie about the selling price yeah. of their cars? That's, that's why in the mystery shopping reports, we, 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 we differentiate the real price. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say the selling price was blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then after we add up the everything except for the legitimate things that effectively yeah. raise the price, that's the real price. So, yeah. um, Hey, I got a question for Rick, uh, if the phones are quiet. Um, says, good morning. What might be the worst thing that happens on the road with my 20-year-old Explorer, which after 10 miles of city driving, downshifts with an accompanying, accompanying tachometer increase from 1,200 RPM to 2,200 RPM? Dealer says trans is shot. Um, he wouldn't re attempt repair. That's from D in West Palm. Uh, yeah, the transmission issue... Uh most dealerships nowadays don't even get into trying to repair them. We replace them with a remanufactured unit. It actually turns out to be less expensive for the consumer in the long run than a repair. In a lot of those cases, because once you start tearing apart a high mileage transmission, you're going to rebuild it anyways. Yeah. And the remanufacturer, the the companies that we send these out to, the old ones, they strip them down, reuse only the good hard parts and recycle the transmission when they send it back out it's as good as a brand new one so you know i i had a flashback to years ago and uh, the common expression was speaking about a mechanic and say he's not a very good re mechanic he's a parts replacer and uh and so now we're saying we're admitting that we don't fix transmissions anymore we replace them and it's yep. kind of a, you know, the, the whole the whole mechanical thing of a car has become a different category. And we, what we're what we're repairing is software, in in many cases. In a lot of cases, yes. And, and so so you have to be a software. You can uh, tweak the software. Software gets changed and tweaked all the time. Oh, well, you, you can't replace believe. the software. You have to you have to fix it. You can't replace it. It's the software is the software, but the but the hard the hard copy, uh, the, the 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 you know the transmissions, the engines, the rest of them, we replace them now. That's that's it's interesting how that's changed. And the, the difficult part for the mechanic though is because the cars are so integrated and all the systems work together so tightly now, it's you, we say part replacer, but 
it's knowing which part to replace, yeah. figuring out which part, because as crazy as it sounds, we actually had a case where tail light bulbs, a simple light bulb, was suddenly causing a code in the car telling us that the engine computer was bad. And we huh. had technicians replacing engine computers over and over because a light bulb had gone bad in the back of the That's car. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, this is how integrated these systems are. Hey, the computer said to do it. And it's, you know, <laughs> you're following the exact diagnostic procedure in the book yeah. until somebody started thinking outside the box and saying, wait a minute, why are we doing all these computers? And we just started discovering this well, other I problem. We, I, bet, I bet all the dealers went back and refunded the money on that because they did it wrong. <laughs> well, Toyota actually had to step up cover it because it was... Oh, Toyota. They, Toyota came yeah. in and said, no, okay, now we know what's going that's on. Be, that's because they got caught. Yeah, yeah. well, they got caught yeah. the big way. But, I'm glad we're, yeah. stuff like that only happens on cars and not like airplanes and... It probably does. <laughs> no, just, it was freaking me out. Uh, as a matter of fact, here I could discuss my body parts. <laughs> they all need replaced. <laughs> uh, Donovan's asking, "What do we right, see as a normal cost today on a remanufactured transmission? Uh, say for something like the average Camry, they're around twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars for a reman transmission. Now it's not including the it's core charge. Yeah, you know, obviously we got to have the old transmission yeah. to send back to them, uh, but that's." Pretty much, uh, wow. yeah, the labor is probably about another thousand on top. It's like getting a new but, engine, basically, a yeah. used engine. Um, hey, uh, here's a, some anonymous feedback here. Someone who, who who's, cares about you, Rick, says, I noticed a couple of weeks ago that Rick has stopped drinking Diet Coke and switched to water. I did that and feel much better. How you feeling? I actually, about six months ago, stopped drinking all soda and... Plain old water, lots of it. Any difference? And it seems to be uh, having a nice effect. That's great. And about two months ago, stopped drinking all my vodka, and now it's just plain oh. old American water. So, okay. yeah, Maybe I'm trying to get a little healthier here. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Th Rick, thanks so much for sharing your vodka with me. <laughs> Nobody really knows that, but these water bottles... I thought I'd tell everyone. They're hey, filled. it's clear. And I, I don't smell anything either. This is absolute. It smells just like water. <laughs> um, another anonymous feedback says, why did you stop talking about Big Dog Ranch Rescue on your Saturday radio program? You know, that, now, that anonymous feedback was one of the reasons that we decided to do what we did right. with bringing the Big Dog. Because you're right, and that, that's a... That's the reason I love anonymous feedback. See, it was kind of a criticism, but it was a justified criticism. I don't know why we stopped. We used to, I bring the book out, and I always say, it's kind of like a, you know, buy the book on Amazon, 100% of the proceeds I know go why. to Big Dog Ranch. I get the answer, and this is not okay. a, it's, it's just, when we uh, usually bring up the book when we have a lull in, in phone calls. Ah, and so when it's really busy, and, and I can, when it's really, it's an excuse, but when it's really busy, yeah. we don't resort to the things that we have ready to kind of show. On you the, tell the truth. To, to that's exactly the, right. The space. That's, yeah. that's same, what happens. Same with the hat. You have it same with the vigilante the hat. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it does. That's right. Vigilant, yeah. Um, yeah. If there's not a phone call, we have some more anonymous feedback. Okay. Well, uh, we're oh, going to we go do. to Frank real quick. He's okay. calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. I just tuned in when I heard Earl say about electric cars. They didn't sell any this year. And I was wondering which one was that. 
Oh, the, uh, the Toyota, the BZ4X, um, just um, in the last couple of months uh, arrived at Toyota dealers. Um, every dealer got one. Um, it's a very, it was a very, uh, very limited rollout. Um, ours is still um, at the dealership. We had a waiting list of several people, and um, they all, all of them backed out, um, probably based on the, I guess, Toyota BZ got some ports, got some bad press, had an embarrassing recall. And um, and some of the reviews are are, are coming and just are kind of meh. Nobody really likes it, and I feel bad to say that. But um, plus, um, plus who ever on. heard of a BZ4X? I, it started with the name. For me, <laughs> listen, my opinion is I hope nobody gets mad at me at Toyota. I go for me, it started when I heard the name. I said that's a terrible name for a car. Yeah. Well, um, well, now well. I could be wrong. Listen, you know, if somebody told me, hey, what do you think of this name for a company? It's a search engine. I'm going to call it Google. I probably would have said call it Shirley. That's dumb. But I, so I don't know. They're smarter yeah. than me at, at Toyota. I know that, but I don't know what happened. Well, but remember, Google started I, I, as, as I Jeeves. Oh, that's right. Okay, that was that, what a dumb name that was. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. I saw the one at your dealership. Yeah, um, uh, it's, one of your customers said he on one of the shows. He got his, but then he, he didn't want to take it. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. He, as a matter of fact, he was the first one on the list, and he called, uh, you know, he felt bad, and I said, I don't blame you. Um, some other people had dropped out before you did. Well, but, you know, part, part of it is the fact that because Toyota doesn't have any electric vehicles to speak of, I mean, one per dealer, that's a joke. So uh, technically we have an electric vehicle, but we really don't. So the dealers that have one probably started out holding out for a huge amount of money because right. they only had one and then and then uh they said and then the salesman said we only got one i'm not going to worry about learning about that product why should i spend uh, two right. hours uh getting expert on this electric vehicle when there's only one of them and so nothing happens right. that's uh that's exactly right it's so. a self it's a spiral um and Death spiral. Uh, th that they can't get out of right yeah. I, I do believe that Toyota is going to come up with some great electric vehicles in a couple of years, and it's going to, but they're going to be entering the market hurt. You know, they, they're entering, yeah. coming from behind, and trying to play catch up. Well, that's good. I'm talking about electric. What do you think about the Lucid? Uh, it's a it's a great cool. car. It's a hell of a car. It's faster than uh, it's uh, faster than a lot of the Teslas. Uh, a greater range than a lot of the Teslas. Mm -hmm. uh, Gorgeous car, but you know they're they're losing Much money hand over fist. They, they haven't got yeah, the really liquidity, <laughs> and the demand is not up there for a hundred sixty thousand dollar car. Uh, so uh, you know, I don't think they're going to make it. Rivian truck's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, we have one of those, yeah. and that's a great look. Well, in my opinion, great looking and really fun to drive. Yeah, we shopped a Lucid dealer, which is the manufacturer, uh, a couple months ago. And it was a beautiful shopping report. I mean, your, uh, the ancient uh, uh, lighting was treated like a queen, and and uh, every the uh, salesperson knew had all the answers and uh, a polite, courteous uh, demonstration, everything you'd want to do. But you can't have a the, the average car of the average Lucid is probably over a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's not a big market out there for those cars. I got to tell you, I have one. Did you like it? I love it. Good. Well, you got a great car. Ago. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I hope Lucid lasts as long as your car. I mean, you know, I, I just they're, I, I, uh, they're hemorrhaging money. Well, I'm, hemorrhaging I'm money. Because of who's backing it, <laughs> since the people who are backing it are never going to run out of money. 
<laughs> that's that's hopeful. So, okay, sir. Thanks again. I'm just a little bit older than you. I still have my RAV4, so no worry. Oh, do you? That's <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, really. Back up. Hey, right, thanks. thanks for the info. Thanks, yeah. Frank. Give us a call Bye-bye. again. Have a great weekend. Uh, Stu or, hey, uh, or Rick? Donovan just came in. He says, uh, the problem with the BZ4X is the name, the cost, Thank you. and the insanely slow charging. I saw yeah. that. It's a great car. Uh, right. But when you have cars today that charge in under 20 minutes for less money, right. that makes the BZ4X a hard sell. At the cl- at the Toyota school that I went to for the BZ4X, they said if you drove that car until the battery was as depleted as it would go, which they actually did this at the school, they ran it right down to the point where the computer said, stop now or I'm going to stop you. Right. And they plugged it in on a 110 charger outlet two, two weeks. days <laughs> 48 hours for yeah. full charge for so, of solid time to and that's on charge. A, that's on a straight i bet you'd miss your plane i bet you'd miss your plane yes he yes you would <laughs> <laughs> you'd be sitting for two solid days to charge that car right. up now what is it on those the, the higher voltage dc chargers on we get because we're getting a couple of those yeah if, if you had the higher can voltage you hear, can you hear all the factory toyota guys listening to the show now as we bad mouth taking their notes car? take we're, notes guys is that hey 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 charlie there's a toyota dealer in florida says tell them people group. what a bad car toyota made for the electric vehicle i what should we do about that i wouldn't be surprised if i hear from uh danny boss before the weekend is out, or even by by well, Tuesday, I, from my FTS and if, from if, others in Toyota, yeah, it's this way. It feels what happens if you rush something. It feels like, almost like they had to get something out yeah. there. It's uh, and that's the product of kind of like. But even even the fastest charger you so it would be about five to eight hours, five to eight hours to fully charge that battery. Wow, you know um, the other thing that and we can move on from because we have some anonymous feedback, but. The other thing, uh, no, not many people are going to experience this, but when you lift the hood on this thing, um, if you lift the hood on your on your on the Tesla, it's a frunk. It's an empty space, and yeah. you can put things in it. I opened up the hood, expecting to see a frunk of some sort, and it it looked like a tangle of tubes and wires. And it it's I, I shut it right away. I'm like, I don't want to look at that. It looked like some. I, I'm sure it's very high tech, but it didn't look space age like the Tesla. It requires two different types oh, of well, coolant. Right. And there's three different cooling systems. The air conditioning system can okay. actually... We picked, right. on, right. we right. picked on Toyota. It's insane. Okay. Yeah, well, let's move on. Okay. Yeah, you eight. better put some deadbolts on your front door, Rick. I know. They're coming. <laughs> uh, anonymous feedback. I have a dog from Big Dog Ranch Rescue. I'm safe. That's true. <laughs> All right, this is for you, Rick. Um, my Lexus ES350 steering wheel is not returning to center when turning which makes it harder to park. The dealership shifted the cross member to fix caster issue I was having. You're following so far? Okay, good. Um, but, but it still slightly goes off to the left on the highway. I recently had to replace the axle on the driver's side. It was completely broken in half, and the dealership originally sold it like that. I'm wondering what's causing the issue. At first, I thought it was off-tracking, but I think that it's more related to the steering wheel handling. Thanks. What do you think, Rick? Uh, okay, you got multiple issues going on here. A broken axle, completely broken drive axle, 
major, major issue there. Mm -hmm. I'd be concerned about possible damage to the differential. Uh, first thing I'd be looking at is if you've got to shift the, the underside carriage of the car to try to compensate your, your caster, there again, something else is bent. Uh, that needs to be put back square to rights, and we need to get an alignment done on this car to find out what is bent and why your caster is so far out that it's pushing this car to the left. Okay. But returnability on the steering wheel is going to be an issue between the power so steering rack. A, there's currently and a broken axle. Is that basically the axle is broken right now, right? I he says it was broken, but right. apparently replaced. Okay, okay, that that I must have missed that. I'm like, oh yeah, if that thing is, <laughs> if it's like, I'm like, I think that's your major problem. <laughs> but if they replace that, they just got to get to the point what something in there is bent, right? Yeah, something is bent and damaged, and axles don't break. That the shaft on that axle is literally almost an inch of solid hardened steel. Those do not break except in a accident. massive accident. Yeah, Superman so something else is bent right. up there. Superman can bend steel. Um, he wouldn't break it. He'd bend it, but it'll bend before it breaks. I'm afraid to read this one, but hey, uh, Toyota, um, if you're listening, this is anonymous feedback, and it's just coming in. We can't help it. Um, I believe that Toyota may be in trouble with brand loyalty. My nephew was looking for a new RAV4. He went to three Toyota dealers and could not even see one. He was told it would be at least four months to get one. He ended up uh, with a Mazda <laughs> CX-5. Um, I've been waiting on a Prius for a year. So today I'm purchasing a Kia Nero instead. My daughter was looking for a Corolla Cross, can't even see one, and now she's looking at a Kia Seltos or a Nissan Kicks. And that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, things will balance out. Toyota had, this is gonna be a negative effect of the demand that Toyota has, and there's gonna be a, a bump of a, a competitive intrusion into their, into their sales curve. And um, and they'll feel it. Um, how long it lasts? How permanent yeah, but, it is? But, but worldwide, they're it's not. they're doing better. So, yeah. I mean, the reason you have to wait a year for some model Toyotas is because it's a great car right. with a high demand, and uh, and some dealers are actually selling right. them at fair prices. So, it seems like. A lot of people are buying Kias right. when they want to buy a right. Toyota, but the fact of the matter is... Most of them are staying and waiting yeah. for the Toyotas. Yeah, yeah. But there are some. I mean, there is going to be some brand That's defections. That's like the old Yogi Berra story, that he knows a restaurant that is so, so busy that <laughs> nobody can't. eats there anymore. Right. <laughs> That's exactly... That's uh, the perfect uh, now, a perfect metaphor or analogy. Um, I'm all caught up, I believe. And let me just jump over for regular text. We are caught up. Indeed. Okay, we're caught up on calls. We're caught up on text. All right, let's go home. You're on. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get to the... To the uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Shopping Report, and then uh, we can go back and get some text if we have some YouTubes or text at the end. This is a particularly uh, important and interesting Mystery Shopping Report because the timing and a lot of things that we've talked about for, for three years, we've been talking about low supply, high demand, microchip shortage, gouging, thousands, $20,000 over sticker price, blah, 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 blah. If you can buy a car near MSRP, grab it, because it won't be there tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. See, this is all changing pretty quickly, and it's changing quickly with certain models and manufacturers than others. Now, with Toyota, it's not changing. 
uh, Toyota is still low day supply, although that amount of inventory has come up in our own dealership. We see it, but not much. It's come up greatly with Stellantis, which is Chrysler Jeep Dodge. I hate saying Stellantis because nobody knows what Stellantis is and why they changed their name, Chrysler Jeep Dodge, to Stellantis, I don't know. Anyway, I'll say Chrysler Jeep Dodge. The Jeeps, and this is surprising to me, I said this earlier in the show, Jeeps are a lot of Jeeps out there, folks. High inventory, high day supply. Your average Jeep dealer has got a lot of Jeeps to sell. Now, that means that they, the new normal is, re, is returned to Jeep. So everything you heard on this show for three years and you want to buy a Jeep, forget about it. Because <laughs> there's a whole new story now. Jeep has started giving dealers, uh, has started giving customer incentives, big customer incentives to the dealers to sell Jeeps. Therefore, that means they aren't selling them fast enough and they got too many in dealer inventory and they do have too many it's good for the consumer but you got to know about it before it's good for you so i'm telling you about it you want to buy a jeep you should strike a very good deal msrp doesn't mean anything anymore by the way msrp was a good benchmark for a long time no more uh there's two types of incentives. I said this earlier in the show, but people typically tune in and tune out about every 15 minutes, so I'm going to say it again. The, the one incentive is the dealer incentive. That's a secret kickback rebate that dealers get on certain models because the manufacturer is worried about the inventory building up, and so is the dealer. So they give them some help to sell the car. Well, uh, the, the intent, at least their politically correct intent, to give the dealer money to get the car sold is they'll pass along this to the customer. Well, they don't know dealers that well. I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. They know dealers very well. You give a dealer money on a car, and it's a secret, he ain't going to tell the customer. He's going to put it in his pocket. He might, not, he might not even tell the salespeople if they're paid on commission. Glomit. Yeah, that's the way it is, a glomit. Now, there's the other incentive is the, the uh, customer incentive. Now, the customer incentive, you would think the customers would know about, but they don't. Uh, if, there's a, if, there, if there's an incentive on a particular car, the only way you're going to find out is if you happen to see the uh, car advertisement, and chances are you won't see it. And if you do see it, you probably, it doesn't stick with you. You don't remember these things. There's one sure way you can find about customer incentives. Go to the manufacturer's website. You want to buy a Buick, you want to buy a Ford, you want to buy a Toyota, go to the manufacturer's website and look at the model you want to buy. They will tell you what the customer incentive is. They won't tell you what the dealer incentive is. So here we are, mystery shopping report at Vatlin Chrysler Jeep Dodge. That's Vero Beach, Florida. And they have a lot of Jeeps. Surprisingly, surprise, surprise, surprise. So with this new normal or old normal or whatever it is, uh, listen to this report and learn from it. If, if you're buying a car that has a lot of cars, the Jeep is one of them. There are a few others we could cover, but uh, check to see around what the inventory is and you can find out for yourself. Okay, speaking in the first person is if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived in the morning and was greeted by a very friendly salesman named Bruce. I asked him if they had any gladiators in stock, 
He had confirmed they did. That's a Jeep Gladiator. Uh, and they had quite a few. Now, you don't hear that very often. Quite a few. And inquired if I would like to see them. We walked to the back of the lot where I decided on the, on the new Gladiator Overland. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, higher price, lower price, I don't know. Bruce congratulated me on my selection, stating that Gladiators definitely offer a smoother ride than Wranglers. Uh, that's another cheap uh, uh, Wrangler. He added that for the first time in a very long time, they were offering incentive money. Now, he said they. Notice he didn't say the manufacturer. He said they were offering incentive money, which could be mean the dealership. It was a new, uh, this is a, that I'm looking at, was a new 2023 Jeep Gladiator. Now, in shopping reports in history, new could mean a 2021, a 2022, but this was really a current calendar year new vehicle. That'll tell you something about how many vehicles are in inventory. Um, it was an Overland 4x4 with an MSRP of $53,620. Now, if you listen to the show two or three months ago, we said if you if you want to buy a vehicle and you can buy it near uh, MSRP or below MSRP, grab it. At MSRP, grab it. Well, this is no longer the case. We have had in Jeep a radical change. So the MSRP doesn't mean that much, right? 53620 it still means something, but it doesn't mean that you can buy it at that price or, or should buy it at that price. There was, unsurprisingly, an addendum. Okay, they still got the addendum. They're never going to lose the addendums. They, will continue. they had them before the crisis, and they'll have them after the crisis. There was an extra charge of $7.99 for Simonize. you got to love that. Simonize, good Lord. That That's goes back to back. when I was a kid. Yeah. Right? I mean, I remember commercials for it, and that yeah. was also, wasn't it just like a rust and dust thing that dealers yeah. put on? Do they bring it back, or did they always have it? I don't know. Another charge of 429 for Waypoint. I have no idea what that is, Rick. I tried Googling that to see what the heck Waypoint could be in relation to a, a Gladiator. I think it's vehicle tracking. I, I found two things. One was something to do with the navigation with possibly a vehicle tracking thing, but... That's going to be available anywhere. I don't know why you'd pay $500 for a waypoint to track your vehicle. Well, you know why. Because the dealer wants more profit. Yeah. That's why. That's the only reason. And the only other thing I could find was a, a tarp system that actually mounts to the roll bars of the yeah. Jeep and then has a special pole yeah. so it makes a tent out yeah. behind it. Yeah. Well, uh, in most cases, nobody knows what these things are. Well, I can tell anyway. you one thing. If Waypoint is being sold for four hundred twenty-nine dollars, it probably costs about fifty or sixty dollars yeah. for the dealer. <laughs> okay, back to the report. We spent a while walking around discussing the vehicle before embarking on an enjoyable test ride. Bruce proved to be seasoned salesman and was quite knowledgeable about his product. Upon returning to the dealership, he entered uh, my details into the computer system and excused himself briefly to get the print out of the financial details. Before setting it down, he mentioned that he had found some excellent rebates for me. He just found them. Excellent rebates they for were me. Right there by, over <laughs> by the bathroom. Yeah, it was, yeah, it did, yeah, they were, yeah, they were behind the, uh, uh, the, 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 the towels. Machine. The towels. Yeah, there was all box of them. <laughs> right. And proceeded to present a sales worksheet containing all the figures. The top line was MSRP 53620. There was a discount. Hoo, hoo, hoo. 
$4,120 discount off of MSRP. You got to buy that, right? That's what we were telling people uh, months ago. If you can find something below MSRP, grab it. Well, isn't true anymore, folks. Discount of $4,120, which brought my price to $49,500. Remember that term now, my price. My price doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> my price isn't the price I could buy the car for as the mystery shopper. My price, I don't know what it, it means nothing. It means that it's a number that they're going to uh, try to get you to think is the real price, but it's not the price. When they added something called a Vatlin Plus in the amount, <laughs> so you already had the waypoint, now we got the Vatlin Plus in the amount of $1,690. Now, they got a dock fee for $795, so ka-ding, ka-ding, ka-ding. They keep uh, hitting that uh, uh, my price way up. My price is certainly much higher. Sales tax of about $3,300, which is arguably accurate, uh, and the $3,000 rebate came off. Again, he didn't say, uh, the salesperson didn't say, this is the Jeep rebate, this Stellantis Chrysler Jeep Dodge rebate. He just took off a rebate. Uh, kind of making you believe it was the manufacturer. It was the dealer rebate. It's not the dealer rebate. So if the dealer is giving you the rebate, his profit isn't changing. He's not giving you a, a better price from him. The manufacturer has lowered the price, and therefore the cost of the vehicle to the dealer was lowered too. And so he's just making as much as if there was no rebate. Uh, then he says, my real selling price, I don't even believe this, my real selling price was 48985 which is 46655 off MSRP with the help of a Jeep factory re rebate. Oh, here's the outdoor. The outdoor was 52740 uh, and there you have it. Bruce pointed out the Vatlin plus item on the worksheet priced at 1690 He explained that he could remove this. <laughs> We'll then have to subtract the total savings and rebates. Right. So he recommended this I could take off the 1690 but then I'd have to take off the yeah. $4,000 discount and the, the $3,000 rebate. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Uh, he went on to explain that the Vatlin Plus coverage lasts for as long as I own the car, although it is non-transferable. Bruce also demonstrated how it works on his app, which I found impressive. I'm not sure what it meant by that, especially as a parent. Uh, he, he, she liked it. Uh, Agent Lightning liked it. Uh, when Bruce inquired about the time frame of my decision, I responded that I'd been considering a gladiator for quite some time. was waiting for the right moment to discuss this with my partner. Uh, Bruce was not pushy in the least. That's a real credit there. And, and expressed his anticipation of hearing from me soon. So the whole thing was on what I said before about too many Jeeps and more discounts and rebates. Uh, but what wasn't in character, which is a positive for this dealer, uh, no pressure. Uh, no, the price is only good today, uh, uh, or I won't really give you the, my final price. Shop around, come back, I'll beat the price. That's old school. So uh, for, for, for Vatlin uh, Jeep uh, in Vero Beach, uh, the salesperson was uh, intelligent, uh, educated, uh, knowledgeable, uh, polite person. So you got to give uh, Bruce, was that his name? Yeah, yes. Bruce, uh, credit for what he did. Uh, and prices have gone up with Jeeps. That hasn't changed. That's, that, that's true. 
Okay. Well, um, I'm still waiting for some grades to come in, but I'm, I have an. Un, I'm gonna. I think it's gonna be an unpopular opinion. I'm. I, I'm gonna give them a, a C minus. Um, I don't think they don't get credit for for a good price. That's because nobody wants to buy the Jeeps, and so they have a great rebate from from Stellantis, and then they have you know the dealership is discounting them because they're sitting on his lot. Yeah. So he's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah. I didn't like. Th- there's one thing that went, and I just made a joke about it a minute ago, and that was about taking off the uh, the the Vatlin plus I add on add on on the worksheet the 1690, and it said he explained he could remove this, but then he would have to subtract the total savings and rebates, and 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 I can't imagine what universe that not buying the dealer installed options is going to disqualify you from getting a factor rebate. So that sounds like a bunch of Only from a profit, from a profit <laughs> perspective. It's not a logical, right. real perfect you know. Right. So I just, it's, um, so they don't get that great. It's still passable, I think a little bit below average. C minus from me. And we just got another uh, grade that came in. C for conf- uh, for confusion, but we keep, keep them. <laughs> so a C for the Jeep. <coughs> uh, I've got... Kirk in West By Gut, Virginia, says, Vatland, a whale of a deal. Not so much. So I set my waypoint to a non-Vatland plus dealer. My Hocus Pocus, no pressure grade, is a solid D minus. Huh? Very, very brave, but, but I believe you. Johnny D. Fraidley says, D, sorry, the Gladiator is in the top 10 for high inventory. Too much money. Brian Sedlatko, D for do not buy. Tom Steckel, D plus. $16.90 for worthless addendums and dealer fees. Not as bad as Napleton. Tim Gilliland, Vatlin plus. Where do I sign? C minus. Give me five bucks, D minus, for giving me a rebate to turn around to put all the add-ons to make the price close to the MSRP. Yeah. Mark Anderson, a lot of questionable numbers flying around there, C minus. Rocky Blockatiel, C minus. We've seen much worse. Mark Smith, C minus. Uh, Stu, it seems they're agreeing with you. And I thought I was going to be uh, the odd man out, but no, uh, I'm glad. Yeah, C-. I think you're right in there, and I'm going to agree with you, C minus on it. Uh, I still would want to know what is Waypoint. What is this a tent or is it a, a, a navigation? Tent. What is that thing? <laughs> and because when I looked up that tent, it was $180, and that was from an accessory website. Uh-huh. But anyways, uh, then that whole Vatlin Plus thing. I mean, what is this thing? What what's included in it? Yeah. But I'll I'll go with the C minus and say, hey, I bet if you beat them up, you could get rid of that waypoint, get rid of the Simonize, get rid of the Vatlin Plus. And still get your rebates, and I bet you could get a good price out of that one. Probably, mm-hmm. and and also you could get rid of the wackadoodles. Yeah, and they've got a lot of those gladiators, so they want to sell them. I mean, here's something. Here's something. I'm, we, gonna, I'm not finished. Here's something that we we can learn from the shopping report too, uh, and we we talk about a lot of jeeps. There's a lot of jeeps out there, folks. Uh, Agent uh, Lightning went in and. Um, at least he, in terms of the mystery shopping report, hadn't shopped and compared, and she went in in person. That's not the way you want to buy a Jeep today. 
The way you want to buy a Jeep today is let your fingers do the walking on your PC or your smartphone and let your PC, let your fingers call, email, text uh, a whole bunch of Jeep dealers. I have a feeling that you can get a heck of a good price on a Jeep today. Mm-hmm. But you, when you when you go into the lion's den, uh, you, you, you give up a lot of your flexibility, and the typical person isn't going to do too well in the lion's den. Don't go into the lion's den. Stay home in the safety of your, of your office at home or your living room, wherever, your PC, your smartphone. And go to 10, de- go to 10 Jeep dealers. You yeah. can go 100 miles away. Get the year-make model. Get the exact uh, MSRP. Get the, so you're comparing apples and apples. And go to 10 different Jeep dealers and say, look, this is what I want to buy. I'm a serious buyer. Uh, uh, I, I will uh, take delivery of this as soon as I get the lowest price, if yours is the lowest price. And you could go on to communicate to them. If you don't give me a price, you'll never hear from me again. If you do give me a price, there's a chance you're going to lose my business to someone that gives me a lower price. Give me an out-the-door price that I can write a check for on this Jeep, Wrangler, or whatever I'm buying, to the specific one, MSRP, this MSRP, your best price on this vehicle. And if it's the lowest, I'll come and buy it today. So what's your grade, Earl? Uh, I'm I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a C. I, I I could I could do a C minus. I could do a C plus. I'm gonna give him a C. Uh, Bruce, I like Bruce, and I, I like Bruce that he didn't push. Uh, I think a lot of what happened that wore the grade was the dealer policy, and uh, I think he got an honest guy there, a hardworking guy working on commission. So I I give him a C. I give him an average. Well, um, Bruce, Bruce, you know, Bruce isn't going to be making my car payment. So with that said, uh, <laughs> uh, there's so much confusion here. Uh, I give him a D. And uh, I want to know, uh, Rick, is there 18-inch uh, granite wheels to come with uh, this uh, this vehicle? Or is that an add-on? Uh, that could be part of it. Granite meaning the color, 18-inch The granite crystal wheels. aluminum wheels. Yeah. yeah. Um. I got a couple others here. John Strine says, D, not a failing grade because of the lack of pressure. <clears throat> Excuse me. But all the options and fees could have led them to an F. Negan 1 says, D for me, no buy. And Regina Downing, C for courtesy. And surprised the manager wasn't called over. Yeah, well, that's a, that's good or bad. You know, the, the, when you're playing the back and forth game, manager comes in. Sometimes two managers. I mean, uh, the the old school uh, rock'em sock'em car dealers uh, really work you over pretty good. Uh, my C was just because it was uh, average in, in my in my opinion, but I I respect all those grades. Uh, can I brag a little bit? Uh, I uh, my ego gets stroked every time I get quoted in national publications. And uh, there's an article in today's Wall Street Journal. It was, it was actually yesterday online. And uh, it was a, a, a big article on how to negotiate to buy anything. And they included cars in there. And when they quoted me, uh, uh, the advice I gave to the Wall Street Journal reporter, her, her name was Nora Eckert. And she's, she's actually uh, looking to buy a car. And so she took particular interest uh, and when I told her, and uh, she was talking about her trade-in, and I said, remember, don't tell them 
that you have a trade in when you're looking to buy the uh, the car. I'm, I'm holding up the page in the Wall Street Journal. It's called The Complete Guide to Haggling, and it's in the exchange section of today's Wall Street Journal. And you, Earl's quoted on uh, B4, I believe, isn't it? So, B4? So uh, heed this if you're buying a car is is to be sure uh, that you don't reveal the fact that you have a trade because they'll hold back on the trade and uh, or over allow you on the trade. Uh, they, they will play games with the trade. If they if you don't have a trade, uh, they're going to have to give you their best price or they should give you their best price with a trade. It might not be. And she loved the fact that I told her. The uh, vernacular car dealers call that the stealing the trade. And every car dealer always tries to steal the trade. And if you have a customer that you could easily sell the new car to and you got yourself a $2,000 profit, if you steal the trade by bringing in $1,000 below the real wholesale value, now you get a $3,000 profit. So your 25% of $3,000 is $750 on $2,000, it's only $500. So you, the, the salesperson, when he knows you have a trade, is going to be a little bit harder to bargain with to come down on the... Or it might, it might seem like he's uh, coming down, but he's not coming down because he's going to steal your trade. Um, anyway, that's uh, I, I, I really uh, hope that Nora Eckert, when she buys the... I'm sure she's not going to uh, tell him about the fact that she has a trade. If she does have a trade, I don't know if she has a trade. But uh, Wall Street Journal today, interesting article. And also shows negotiation on a different, a lot of different other areas. Uh, said car dealers were in the middle in terms of difficulty to negotiate with. The most, most difficult were, was medicine. Very dis- difficult to negotiate with hospitals and doctors, I guess. Okay. Yeah, you know, definitely was that an wraps interest, it up. Re- interesting article. Great. Uh, Jonathan, how much time do we have left? Okay, great. Hey, um, before uh, Rick go, goes on, uh, I just wanted to mention to everybody, you know, uh, you think that car prices are uh, keeping inflation high. Auto insurance. Boy, I'll tell you what. We used to discuss auto insurance an awful lot back in the day. Uh, but uh, I think this is worthy of you know mentioning it again and uh, your rates are on the way up more than you would ever think and if you have the same policy you know uh if you're if you're with Allstate and all these other places and you've been with them for as alan would say for 25 years you really need to check your policy and you really need to check your rate because uh unbeknownst to you they can change very, it's like an insidious duration. They just slip that in and you don't even know that your rate has been increased. So I wanted to mention that, and that was in the USA Today, if you want to take a look at it. Auto insurance costs on the rise. Now, Rick? Uh, mentioning Lucid earlier, uh, Neekin One, his hometown, is where Lucid is apparently built. Oh. He says they recently just laid off 1,300 employees wow. from Lucid. Wow. So, yeah, that company may be having some wow. issues there. Uh, and that may be in something to consider. That's a surprise. For the idea of purchasing a Lucid. Well, I bet they're livid about Lucid. About Lucid, Lucid. They're livid about Lucid, Lucid. Is that had, the way, Phil? 
right, we've uh, we've had a great time here this morning and we thank all of you for tuning in uh calling uh getting on facebook youtube uh you are an important part of the show and i want to remind everyone to tune in next week because uh, we are going to introduce a new addition to our show from eight until ten and it will be uh, about Big Dog Ranch. The last, time, it's gonna be, last time you'll hear that, Rick Bargain. One more on, time. We'll have a real dog. One, <laughs> more, one more time. <laughs> okay, so stay tuned. Next week, the same time, Saturday morning at 8 a.m., we'll be right here for you. Thank you, and have a great weekend. Have a great holiday weekend. <laughs>